0: Welcome to Nerds on History. Well, well, sort kind of. of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm Brian Moriarty.
1: I'm Sarah Ashley.
0: And uh, as you notice, Eric is not here. Uh, he had to take a break just to get some stuff taken care of. Um, so we thought we were going to do something a little interesting this week. And yes,
1: something very, very interesting indeed. Something I wanted to do about two years ago.
0: Yeah, we've been cooking this up for quite some time. Um, we've always been fascinated with the Origins of Words, and in fact, you and Eric did a fantastic episode two years ago called The Platypus of Languages. Mm-hmm. And hmm That
1: was a fun one. I really, really enjoyed doing that episode.
0: Yeah. So this episode is going to be a pilot for a new podcast we're considering releasing, and we want to get your feedback about what you think of the show, what it needs to be better, and what, or would you listen to it? Simple as that, you know?
1: And if you were to listen to it, if it were to become regular, what would you expect to hear from it? Would you what would you want to hear from it?
0: Exactly. Now it's in the very early stages, so we don't have a a music intro or outro produced for it yet. So welcome to Nerd's On Words. I'm Brian Moriarty. And I'm Sarah Ashley. Are you excited? Are you giddy?
1: I am so happy. Yeah. This is this is really cool. So what I mean, I the way I figured we would do this is let's just pick kind of a genre of words um, that we can talk about to kind of get things started. Um, and, you know, since so much time has passed since I wanted to to start this whole pilot episode of Nerds on Words, um, what are what are we gonna talk about, Brian?
0: Well, I think, you know, given that we've just had the new year and January is we talk a lot about the days of all anxiety long since past, I think it'd be best if we'd talked about words that are associated with time.
1: Well, and actually what's really interesting, if we even want to look at the word itself for time, um, it's actually kind of a, an old English word uh, of like of tima or tima, which, you know, has a Germanic origin, like the English language does have primarily Germanic origins. Um, and it's the words also semi related to the word of tide. Which I thought was really interesting because you know the world the word tide has um transformed for us, you know, kind of talking about the tide of the ocean. But again, that's also kind of something that happens with regularity and predictability in the way that time does. So I thought that was just really interesting.
0: That's great because for a second, I thought you were talking about laundry detergent. and I was, <laughs> and I was very confused.
1: Yes, yeah, the white powdery substance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. And uh, bringing in the, my Catholic background into it, we still use that word. Uh, you know, during the Christmas season, uh, the liturgical calendar calls it Christmas tide, not Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So you do s- still see that that relic of Old English uh, and and Germanic origins pop up today here and there. Yeah. So why don't we start with the most basic, which is mm-hmm. the actual units that we use for time every yeah. day
1: yeah absolutely so um i mean if we look at the word hour that's actually um you know f- more immediately um comes th- from old french of of or or whore um like h-o-r-e um which is kind of meaning you know one twelfth of a day for and when you're looking at from sunrise to sunset so one twelfth of a day that was where that kind of originally came from um looking at uh um, you kind of, if you look at religious hours, um, of those, that 12 hour period, if you look back even further, um, there's Latin aura, H-O-R-A. Right. Which um, is
0: also the direct word in both Italian and Spanish for the, for the word hour. Too.
1: Yeah. And there's also, um, a version in, in Greek that's spelled exactly the same way, but it was used more poetically to define a time of year or a season. So it was a, a little bit more of a, of a generic, more flexible term when you were looking at the Greek root. Excellent. And, and if you also look at um, the the word of uh, year and where the word year comes from and the roots of that, it looks like yora. So aura being a part of a yora. I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. It
0: is very interesting. I, what I thought was interesting is when... Uh, You know, it's no surprise to our listeners that I'm an Apple geek. Um, Mm -hmm. When Tim Cook announced the Apple Watch back in fall of 2014, he talked about how he consulted horologists to... Which I didn't even know was a thing, but it is. But horology, which of course has the same root you're talking about, and Mm -hmm. the uh, logos, Greek suffix, which means logic of or study of. You're Mm -hmm. talking about people who devote their entire lives to... How to tell time? Yes, uh, and I didn't think that this is was a necessary thing. I thought we'd kind of like nailed this down, but apparently not. <laughs> apparently, there are very well paid people who do this.
1: I mean, it. I mean, it is really fascinating because I mean, not to get you know philosophical or anything, but the way we define time is, I don't want to you know completely say arbitrary, but like we could d- use the term minute to mean anything, right? So it's just I find that really interesting that it's like of finding that regularity, that sense of the cyclicalness that comes with time. I think that is a really fascinating por- portion of study because time is simply measurement, isn't it? Pretty so, much,
0: yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of minute, why don't we dive into that word? Because I think mm-hmm. it's funny because minute is kind of I just I love that it essentially means the same thing as minute if you think about it. Yes. it just you just decide to put the different emphasis on a different <laughs> on a different syllable.
1: Yeah, exactly. So kind, you know, meeting very specifically the 60th part of an hour or a degree because, you know, this also applies to mathematics. And of um, course
0: into um to coordinates as well on the map.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, where we get minute comes from the old French minute, which um, you know, kind of comes around 13th century, 14th century that word which is also directly from again Latin, um, meaning of minutia or minuta, of a minute, a short note, something very very, very small, petite amount of time. <laughs> um, and also, it was also used, you know, by Ptolemy saying the first small part. Use the word pars minutia prima. So, I think that was just really fascinating to see where that comes from too, because we also still use the term minutia. When we're talking about the itty bitty bits of something,
0: yeah, but like, we, like, yeah,
1: don't get caught up in the minutia, you know.
0: Sure, but yet we don't really use "minute" as a word. I mean, it's still used, but it's not as commonly re- used today. We just say something is small or itty bitty or something like that. Yeah,
1: I think that I think that depends on your on your region and your dialect um, of what you're using, um, because uh, you know, some people still say we, <laughs> meaning small. So, um, maybe kind of saying something like, oh, you know, just a, a minute something or other. I hear it every once in a while, but mostly
0: from older people. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, I mean, that begs the question now, because we've talked about hour and minute, we have to talk about seconds next.
1: Yes. Second seconds. Um, again, another Latin root where, um, or Latin by way of old French. So, um, you know, we kind of get this one, it, you know, let's not forget it also means the next after the first. So, um, and that origin kind of comes in around uh, 1300 from Old French. Um, but when you're talking about 160th of a minute or a degree, we see this one from Old French seconde, or from medieval Latin secunda, short for secunda pars minutia, second diminished part.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. this is one of those words of course it's a homonym right so do we want to talk about it as terms of a quantity as in like you know not the first but the second item
1: yeah i think probably when they were basically boiling down to the the measurement of a minute they probably came up with the minute first and came up with the second second
0: got it yeah makes sense that's
1: that's the best of my understanding
0: i mean it just it makes sense and sometimes the Simplest explanation is the best explanation, right? So
1: here's hoping or else I'm lying to everybody. <laughs> yeah,
0: or that Occam is a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> well so well, let's expand on this then, because we're kind of working our way we worked our way down. Let's work our way back up. Past hour into day. Okay. So I mean day is is very much a Latin root word, right? It's Deum. Um, of course you've heard the term carpe diem, literally sees the day. And it has ancient Latin roots that worked their way into the Romance languages, but what fascinates me is about other words that day has worked its way into, like, you know, you've heard of per diem, which is, I mean, that's kind of a more basic one, but, you know, that's, of course, the allotment of time that you would get, the allotment of money that you would get on a daily basis for something, right? And usually it's in, it's food in the terms of, of business.
1: Well, real quick before we jump too far away to other parts where day is, um, the the root of day also has um, some origins in an old English word for day, which is spelled D A E G, um, the A and the E being combined, um, which also had kind of a, a an interpretation of um, lifetime or a or a period of time, a span of time. So. Um, there was already kind of a a word for it. So then when the Latin influence came in through the French, there was a way to kind of define day in a better way. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. there was there were kind of some cognates there, um, probably um, unintentional cognates, but that may have kind of um, come over in some sort of uh, proto-Germanic early Latin mixing in Europe at the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What I what I find fascinating is so you have day, but if you look at the the kind of the Italian and the, what we call the vulgar Latin mm-hmm. uh, root of it, and for those who don't know, vulgar Latin is basically it's any of the Romance languages words that are identical uh, or with very minor change to the original Latin itself. Spanish and Italian are actually considered vulgar Romance languages because they are so close to the mm-hmm. original Latin that. That uh, you could actually pretty much understand them with minus the different accents uh, and pronunciations. Um, The word, the written languages are very similar. But the word dia, right? Dia would be the actual word diem got translated Mm -hmm. into. And, you know, how about the word diary, right? Yeah. You know, I don't think, I mean, I don't think anybody thinks about a diary as something that was meant to be, you know, a daily journal. But that's exactly what it is. And I find it fascinating because the word diary didn't even come into use until the 16th century. Th- that word didn't exist until, you know, that time period. Which makes sense because you're talking about a time where you have, you know, the printing press has become more commonly used. You have literacy and the ability to write becoming a more common skill set that people are learning that's Mm -hmm. it's kind of fascinating to see that history merging with entomology at that point where you can uh i said i meant to say etymology i just said entomology
1: Um, (laughs) something different that's a different study
0: yeah that's the study (laughs) of of insects um Mm -hmm. my apologies but it, it is fascinating to me how etymology and how history do kind of converge in that sense uh, oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if if we want to look at, at you know, history and, and etymology with or at least what we're talking about converging, look at the term Minutemen. You know, that was, you know, a slang term that was developed in 1765 using, you know, the term minute to talk about militiamen who were ready at a minute's notice. And, you know, I find that just I find that really cool. I like it when there's I don't know, something that, and the term Minutemen still sticks around now in in random little contexts. I hear that word pop up all the time, but, you know, very specifically coming from the American Revolution. And that was, you know, a new word that was created. So any single time that you look at etymology, you really do have to talk about, you know, especially when you start getting to more specifics, specific terms, Um you know, what's the historical context for where that word came from? What happened to create that word? Every word has its own little history, which is, you know, why we've decided to pilot this show on Nerds on History and not Nerds on Film.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because we, I think Roxy and Sean would just be bored to tears at this point. Maybe,
1: uh, maybe. <laughs> or at this
0: point, Sean would have made a d- joke. Um, yeah
1: probably yeah um but so another thing to you know when we're talking about um the the latin roots of of day we also have diurnal right and and diurnalis which comes which is the latin late latin for daily so again all these kind of morphed words from from this latin sense like you know even taking day to daily that is a a formation of a word just exactly like how it would be in Latin.
0: Sure. And, of course, for those who don't know, diurnal is what we are. We are people who live during the day and sleep at night mm-hmm. versus nocturnal, right? People who sleep during the day and, uh, you know, wake up and work at night, i.e. vampires and, <laughs> that, and Batman, yes. incidentally. and so. Batman.
1: <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> but moving on from there, though, because we've got – we're on a roll here. So we've talked about day, we've talked about, how about we talk about month? I find month is really interesting because month is actually of Germanic origin. And that's one of the few words tonight we have that has a Germanic origin to it. But what really bugs me is a more recent addition to the English language, which is this whole idea of Mm month-aversary,
1: right? Mm -hmm. It's that weird
0: colloquial term we use to refer to like increments within, like mostly it's dating is really is what it is, right? It's increments until the first year. But it's a a portmanteau. And it's, um, I mean, it's a it's a mixing of words that don't really fit, but yet they make a word and of itself.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those ones where I mean, this this is the product of of colloquial linguistics at its best, you know, where where we are creating our language in live time. Like English is, any language is is constantly. Um, Adapting and creating new things, and I, f- I do find it really funny that month anniversary stuck. When wouldn't you think that maybe it would be like luniversary or something relating to to the monthly moon cycles or yeah. whatever? You know, right. I, I find I find that interesting that month anniversary being so generic is the one that stuck around.
0: Right. Well, so if you look at the word anniversary, you know, anniversary is a Latin rooted word. Um, what I think is funny is that you know people haven't learned Latin in schooling at least in compulsory education for over 100 years now at yeah, this it's point been a long time. right like you learned latin in the 18th and even parts of the 19th century because you know in you know medical school and in you know legal terms latin is used to this day and obviously mm-hmm. you know if you're going to be if you're catholic you learn latin because up until the 1960s the mass was in latin you had to learn latin if you wanted to understand anything the mm-hmm. priest was saying or learn any of the prayers um, but I, I would almost line that up with the, our, our disconnection from the Latin language. Because if we did have a deeper connection to Latin, I bet we would have used the Latin word for month, which is mensis. It would have been a mensiversary yeah. not a month anniversary.
1: Yeah, then you're saying mensis, and it's really close to menses, and I think then guys would just get uncomfortable.
0: Right, and, <laughs> and then, you know, and then also you think it's like menses, you're like, wait, do I have to take an IQ test? Do I have to, yeah. you know, all that However, kind of
1: However, that said, I'm now going to refer to that time of the month as my mensiversary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God. <laughs> Dear Lord, what have I created? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, Brian.
0: You're welcome. <laughs>
1: Well, and yeah, that is really interesting that you know, and I also really I think it's really cute that I feel like this the month anniversary, I feel like came around for people to qualify or give themselves reason to celebrate monthly milestones of early relationships until they get up to about a a year mark, in which case, then I think you just kind of go with anniversaries at that point. But, you know, an early relationship cel- celebrating your three month anniversary. You know,
0: <laughs> right. Like, what are you going to say? Oh, yeah. It's our first quarter together. Like, you know, you're
1: not going <laughs> to. So let's come back and let's have a meeting and reflect on what was Q1 like for us? How yeah. did we succeed? Where could we do better?
0: <laughs> exactly. Q1 was definitely a loss, you know, no. <laughs> uh, at, at, at any rate. Um but you know what also kind of got me fascinated since we're on this kind of tangent of versary and diary and all these different words, is mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that the the suffix of Airy at the end, A R Y, actually has its own definition to it. And it's actually really simple if you think about it.
1: Every suffix has its own definition of
0: sorts. I know, but it's one that I don't think we think about. I don't think unless like you're nerds like us, like we don't uh-huh. think about the the origin or the word the meaning of suffixes. Mm-hmm. And so Airy comes from the Latin arius, uh, which just means connected with, um, or arium as well. Arium and arius basically have the same essential meaning as it means in connecting to something. So mm-hmm. now you know when and where to uh, to affix the suffix of ari to make your <laughs> own words Yeah, for those sure. wordsmiths out there.
1: Well, and kind of when you look at um, uh, like ennial, as a suffix as well, millennial, biennial, triennial.
0: Oh, I love that because you were – I love that you brought that up because uh, my next word I was going to talk about was perennial.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: that's a word that I, I – it's fascinating to me because I, I, if you look at the word annual, it's just – it's it's really – it's – the yule part of it is the same thing. It just means increment basically, mm-hmm. right? Increment of a year, anno meaning, you know, year. It's – you mm-hmm. see anno in Latin – For Anno Domini, you know, for AD, you see Año in Portuguese and in uh, Spanish. Mm
1: -hmm, Or when you say um, per annum,
0: per per year. Exactly, Mm -hmm. right. So we see anniversary a lot. Annual Mm -hmm. makes sense. Perennial seems interesting because you, for somehow the vowel changed. And like that always fascinated me is like what created the vowel change? Because perennial literally means it's broken down from the two root words of pair meaning through. Mm-hmm. An annual meaning you no know, years so it's supposed to be something that's like everlasting like that's why we refer to um evergreen trees as perennial plants because they were they throughout the years they they maintain their vivaciousness mm-hmm. so
1: well, and it's you know if you look at again it comes from that Latin root of of anise you know and um I mean even when you look at millennial bicentennial triennial like all of those ones those are all Latin words, all of it um and kind of going from Uh, the a sound to a more s sound that happened um, in late latin and then kind of um, getting the a l attached to it that was an english formation so kind of where we take latin and kind of make it more of our own um sure and can i say it's something that i found really interesting and this is just because i love this feature on google when you google a word um and usually the definition and it pops right up in the beginning i absolutely adore that Um, I was kind of like looking at biennial and then I was looking at triennial and why while biennial has stayed pretty consistent in usage, um, you know, for a long period of time, it's never fallen out of fashion. um, Triennial has gone a nice steady decline since uh, the 1900s. And up to 2010 is really just kind of failing in popularity. And I don't know why triennial is not a popular word anymore, but I feel really bad for it.
0: I think for some people, th- three years is too long of a time. I don't know. Two years Maybe. I can Maybe. deal with, but three years, come on. That's just... Uh, yeah, seriously. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's I'm 1,100 really days. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact,
1: actually, the word biennial um, was not as popular as triennial in the 1800s but then saw a peak um, around the 1940s and then has been on a has been on a little bit of a decline but not as much as triennial Hmm. yeah very fascinating i love that little feature that tells you the use over time it's really really interesting
0: (laughs) yeah well since it is january yeah why don't we talk about the origins of some of our months right i mean i think maybe most people know this but we should re-educate for those. We didn't always have 12 months in a year. We, mm. The original uh, Roman calendar, the ancient Roman calendar, was a 10-month year. Mm-hmm. And it actually started in March, interestingly enough. Um, and then, you know, as you got... When you added on, you know, Julius Caesar, you know, a man decided he was going to create a month for himself. So as the legend goes... Ju- no that's how july and then mm-hmm. you know caesar augustus decided to add his own month too and that's how you get july and august bam now we have a 12 month year yep um and because of that it kind of you know threw things off right because you had november and december No, mm-hmm. you know if you look at the literally the roots of those words right novum meaning nine ninth and desum meaning tenth yeah you know well, great. Now, now they don't make any sense. That now we're not going to change it to eleven number or yeah,
1: and, and October Oct being eight, right. September Sept being seven.
0: Exactly. Totally and, makes sense. Exactly. So, um, and since your birthday month is November, yeah, I figured let's talk about November,
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: because it is. I mean, because there was a different word for it in Old English. It was blotmonad.
1: <laughs> I like. Th- blotmanot much better.
0: It means blood month. So I
1: like that so much better. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, And and as it turns out, um, from that period of time, it was because that's when the Saxons prepared for winter by sacrificing animals, which they then butchered and then stored for food.
1: You know, that's really ironic because, you know, right around my birthday is when I sacrifice my enemies to prepare for the winter. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. Jesus. (laughs)
0: Um, What I think is interesting, though, is that um, a lot of the old ancient words Mm -hmm. uh, for months used to have mensis added to them as just kind of like an uh, an, an addendum, and then they somehow just kind of fell out of, because it felt redundant, because they were saying the month of this versus, you know, just calling it the month by its name. Sure. So you'll notice that as you get into words like January and February... February is my birthday month. Um, the original ancient words were, you uh, know, Januarius mensis or Februarius mensis. Um, mm-hmm. And it's because those words have specific meanings to them. And I think it's interesting to to draw the parallel of the blood month being November, other than it just being the ninth month of the, of the ancient calendar. Mm-hmm. February was uh, meant to be the month of purification. and Februa means... Um, purification rites, uh, or is it, uh, that's an extrapolation, but, you know, essentially it means, you know, purification in Latin, and it just fascinated me that I I never, we never put any, any stock into understanding what February, and and January, you know, is in reference to the, the, the god Janus, who had, of course, two faces, one face behind and one face in front, and I think it's interesting because that ended up being the first month of the year eventually, and it's like one face is looking back in time and one face is looking forward in time.
1: Yeah, Almost, definitely. You know? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and, I mean, there was, of course, a telephoning of the word January, too. It, it came from, eventually worked its way into Anglo-French, and then through different, you know, various versions of the Romance languages from there till we got to January. Um, but I also found April fascinating, too. Go on. I mean, this is another Latin root word, because if you look at the Spanish version for April, it's Abril. Or if you mm-hmm. look at, it in French, it's Avril. It's the same word, just different letters. Um, and
1: it's also Avril Levine's first name.
0: Yes, it is. Avril Which, Lavigne. Yeah. You mean Avril Lavigne?
1: Yes, Avril <laughs> Lavigne. <laughs> uh, and I can't believe I just mentioned Avril Levine of my own volition. Shame why do you got to go
0: and make things so complicated, Sarah? I
1: don't.
0: He was a skater boy. Anyway, go on. <laughs> um, but what I found really interesting is that so April was always the month of Venus, right? Which makes sense because that's pr- traditionally month of spring, month of fertility. You know, you're kind of getting on with who you, who you like. Um, but the the interesting thing is that April or Apru was apparently a variation of the Greek Aphrodite.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: Yeah, which is, so it just it all kind of goes back to to each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, and even if you look at March um, and the French. You know, word for March is Mars. You know, kind of being Mars, that god of war. Also from that Roman calendar thing, um, there was a lot of reference to to the gods in those um, in those areas. You know.
0: Yeah, It is it is interesting too because you think about what you do when you go into war. You march into war, right? Mm-hmm. So it's you no know, that verb. of, I'm sure back to the same same root. You know, I also found the, the really found fascinating the origins of the word winter. Hmm. I mean, Old English, it literally meant the f- was Old English for the fourth season of the year. And it there's a derives from the Proto-Germanic Wintrus, which is um, Old Frisian. Uh, and, of course, you know, you, if you look in the Germanic languages, you see so many other cognates. And it's the same word in Dutch. Um, in German, it was vintar um, In Danish and Swedish, it was Winter. You know, Winter just with a V. Uh, mm-hmm. Gothic, you Wintrus. Know, and then Old Norse, Vetter. And what ultimately what it comes down to is white and wet is what it basically, it's different words they sure. used to describe like the white season.
1: Sure, sure. Well, you know, real quick, just about that V sound versus the W sound. The W was not actually double U so much as double V. And actually, in French, the the word the word for the letter W is double V, meaning double V. Right. And then and then so it makes the V sound as opposed to a V sound. So I I don't know that one's actually really interesting because I love seeing the differences between um, W in German versus W in English. You know, even though we come from the same mother language, um, having that adaptation. Yeah. You know, versus welcome versus uh, willkommen.
0: Yeah. And I also thought the origins of the word autumn. We're, we're kind of interesting too. Mm-hmm. But you probably know a little more about this than I do because it comes from Old French.
1: Um, I mean, it's, if you look at the French word for autumn, it's it's autumn. So, I mean, it's, it's really, um, really, really close. Uh, where it comes from beyond that, I have to look up. Uh,
0: me, well, it say. comes from the Latin autumnus.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so there you go.
0: Yes, yeah, so there you go. So not too far away. Um, and essentially, it was what it came down to. There's there's speculation to different meanings of it. There's no conclusive answer, but, you know, if you look at the things that you associate with, with fall, with autumn, you know, it, it makes sense, you know, drying up, and you've got, um, advancing, you know, uh, as these different potential meanings. So you talk about either the year is advancing much quicker, is mm-hmm. increasing, you know, uh, or, you know, the, the leaves are drying up, that kind of thing. So, um, I just found I just thought that was so, so cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think the last word that I, that kind of fits, since we're talking about fall and we're also you know on the cusp of spring, is the word equinox. Mm. It's got a really strong word. To it. It's like it's it seems like it's like a sci-fi word, but it's really not.
1: I mean, it's hella Latin. It's got to be hella Latin. Oh, it's it's totally
0: <laughs> yes. It's it's hella Latin. Um, uh, yeah, and it, it's and if you look at the two words, the roots, it's it's so simple.
1: I mean, it's basically like, to make it even more Latin, it would have to be equinoxis or something like that. That would be right. the only way it would be more Latin. <laughs>
0: um, not too far off, actually. Um, so the Latin was, the the ancient version of it was uh, equino noctum.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
0: So um, not too far away at all. And then uh, equinoxium, uh, as it got into medieval Latin. Mm-hmm. So and it basically just means equal night. Equal. Yeah, I equal mean, but
1: when you're... When you're talking about equinoxium ad nauseum, I swear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well done. Um,
1: Latin jokes.
0: Yeah. I, I don't have any. I can just go into pig Latin if we wanted to.
1: Yeah, you could. We could. We should talk about the origins of pig Latin. That would be fun.
0: As a separate episode.
1: As a separate episode. Yeah, not now.
0: For sure. Um,
1: Listeners, if you like what we're doing and you want to hear more about pig Latin... <laughs>
0: You know, there are tons of different words out there that are associated with time, but those are the ones that I just thought were the most interesting. I yeah. mean, we could talk about, you know, I mean, because I, I think the other words are kind of more obvious, like temporary, you know, that's, sure. you temporal. know, temporal, tempo, Again, right.
1: more Latin roots, like all over. I mean, basically, if you look at something that's kind of more measurement based or, or more scientific, you're usually going to find a Latin root in there somewhere. Right. Um, because I mean, the scholars of the time were studying Latin, so why not? One thing I also find really interesting is, you know, there's there are other, two other little bits of slang. Um, you know, we talked about minutemen kind of being the slang for militia men in the during the Revolution. Um, there's also, you know, the term a New York minute. Have you heard of that one?
0: Of course, but I never actually learned what it meant.
1: So it's interesting because it seems like this, um, you know, became. A fairly popular term in the late 60s. It was definitely recorded in the late 60s in 1967 in a book called The Dictionary of American Regional English. And um, it equates to a nanosecond or that uh, little blink of time in New York after the traffic light turns green before the guy behind you honks his horn. That's that's the definition of a New York minute that that little bit of time from when the light ahead of you turns green and the guy behind you starts honking at you to go. So that's that's really funny. I think Johnny Carson also made a joke of that, but um, it's from um, the origins come from Texas or um, Ken Weaver's Texas cruise crude. That's the that's the kind of accepted origin of it. Um, But it definitely became a very popular term. Um, in the ne- in the 1970s, and that's you know pretty clear because in 1976 there was a racehorse named New York Minute in Maryland. So hmm. obviously, if they're naming a horse after it, it's <laughs> got to be a pretty accepted term at that point. But it turns out that yeah, it was kind of not not a New York origin, but an outsider looking in origin to kind of create that, to define that little bit of time. From right. um, when somebody's being a jerk, when everybody in New York is in a big, big hurry. So I mean, I, I like that one. Yeah. A lot. I
0: mean, talking about horse names just for a quick moment, like uh-huh. that that is I just think that's fun because you could literally take any potential adjective and noun, throw them together, and bam, you have a horse name.
1: Oh, for sure. You know absolutely. There's there have been some weird horse names out there too. <laughs> so for right. horse racing.
0: I mean, what was the one that won last just last year was it American Pharaoh was the name? Yeah,
1: something like that. I don't really pay attention to horse racing because I, I don't necessarily approve of horse racing, but that's just my personal opinion. Um But yeah, no, there's there's always something like especially when you're like watching TV or movies, they always have some really random long name or something like that. Um and then another thing that I found really interesting, which I have not been able to find the origins of this, and I would I would love to dive deeper and see if I could find the origin of it, um, but when the term a minute meant a far longer period of time than an actual 60-second span of time. So, like, when you, like, see somebody that you haven't seen since college, you're like, oh, man, it's been a minute. Like, <laughs> you know, that whole, like, thing where it's been so long since I've seen, oh, like, a hot minute. Or something like that. And the earliest um, source I could find is that you there are um, definitions on Urban Dictionary that go all the way back to 2003 hmm. of saying in a minute. Which makes sense to me because I feel like that's the time when I started hearing that term used more um, more commonly. Sure. Yeah. So I always, like, find that really funny where I think probably it had some sort of ironic origin of meaning, like, definitely longer than a minute span of time. But like, oh, yeah, it's been a minute. I haven't seen you
0: or whatever. And yet it's also kind of philosophical because when I think of minute, you know, I think it's not synonymous with it, but I think of the word moment, which is that it's always perceived as that that in measurable, you know, measurement of time. Mm -hmm. And it's thinking about moments and minutes in in, in a weird way. Like it's this kind of deeply philosophical idea that, you know, time is, life is short, that kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. It yeah. could definitely be that way too.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been interesting. This has been yeah. uh been I mean fun. It's been geeky is what it's been. Yeah. Um
1: Guess where this word came from. Guess where this word came from. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, and there are a lot of different ways that we can, you know, go about this podcast too. Again, this is this is a pilot that we we're really seizing the opportunity to try it out because um we knew Eric was gonna be busy tonight and unable to to join us and you know, both Eric or both Brian and I really enjoy talking about where words come from and, and the roots and especially some of the historical ones, like don't even get me started on the word defenestrate. Or do get me started and it can be a whole episode.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or um or press digitation is another good one.
1: There. There you go. Like there's there's so many ways that we could go about this. So um, if you guys want to tell us what you think, if you would be interested in something along these lines, um, you can definitely do so by going to Nerdonomy.com and clicking that talk to us button. Um, it'll send an email right to us and we can get your feedback. Um, otherwise, you can also go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Let us know what you think or just, you know, say, hey, that's cool too. Um, You just search for Nerdonomy, you will find us. I promise you that. Um, Or you can also, when you're at nerdonomy.com, you can look around and find our P.O. box uh, address or you can also find our uh, voicemail if you want to call and tell us in your own words exactly how you feel about the pilot that we're doing tonight. Um, We'd love to hear from you.
0: Indeed. And you can also, of course, send us things as well because our P.O. box is listed there too. Um, a quick note to that: um, it is currently only visible on the desktop version of the website. Um, ah. we, are, we are working on getting it visible on all versions of the website. Um, so yeah, just, you have to go to a computer and check it out. But it's but the number is very plainly visible there. Also, uh, we just want to thank our Nerds on History listeners for our feedback. We are, we're we're going to save that for the next episode of Nerds on History. But we want to say thank you for it. We will get to it. Um, and also, a lot of buzz about that potential meetup. At the Resurrection yeah. Museum. Yeah.
1: So right now we have three people who said that they are on board for a Resurrection Museum meetup, where um, the lovely Sir Eric Brickmont, he's not actually knighted, but wouldn't that be cool? Um, would lead lead us around the museum um, and give a, a private tour himself. And he used to
0: he used to basically run the place, so you know he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff, and we even had a listener who said they wanted to fly to see us. Like, wow. That's awesome.
1: Yep. So we need, I think if we get two or three more people to say that they are on board, we will move forward.
0: Yep. Yep. And we'll
1: set the date and we'll let you guys know.
0: Yep. So please, guys, if you want that to happen, hit us up on, you can hit us up through all the mediums that Sarah had mentioned just a moment ago. Mm -hmm. Of course, the biggest thing you can do for us is spread the word of nerd. Tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, And, you know, if this podcast ends up becoming a thing, start telling everybody you know about it because there are word podcasts out there and we want people to start listening to it. So, um, do you have anything else you wanted to add?
1: No, just thank you for letting us try something out on you.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, so it is that time. So until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode of Nerds on History. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonimic.com.
1: Bye.
0: Later.